Hey, hey, you're listening to the Journey with Janice podcast. Join me on the journey of pursuing Jesus, building our lives on the word, and seeing this world impacted with the love of God. The Journey with Janice podcast is part of the NRT Podcast Network. You can find my podcast and other great podcasts in the network at newreleasetoday.com. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at The Journey with Janice and check out my website, journeywithjanice.com. Hey, hey, besties. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Journey with Janice podcast. I'm so excited for this week's episode because I'm always excited to be able to hop on here and record and encourage your hearts in the Lord to talk about Jesus, to talk about the kingdom of God, to talk about what God is doing in the earth. And I've been hearing so many people say this, and I'm just going to echo it, that revival is not coming. Revival is here. And so wake up, church, if you are not already awake, because God is moving mightily. And I have just been so blessed to be able to be a part of several events this year and just seeing the hand of God move and seeing people physically healed in their body, experiencing miracles in their body, seeing people experience breakthrough from bondage that they have been in for years. Some people their whole life just bound with depression and anxiety and fear. And it's just such a beautiful thing to watch what happens when people encounter the power and the presence of God, because there is nothing like it. There is nothing like it. And I love that the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so when we call out to him, he answers us and he is so faithful. He is so faithful. And so I'm just excited for this season of life that I am in. I may sound a little plugged up today because I've just been battling, I don't even know, allergies or something. So, but to God be the glory, he's so good. Tonight has been fun and relaxing. I did my toenails tonight and I'm just chuckling looking at them because I'm like, okay, I did them at home to save money. Normally I just paint my toenails, but I use this like fancy gel kit that my friend has. And I'm like, it kind of looks like a five-year-old did my toenails, but (laughs) oh, yay. That's so fun. I should have probably actually went to a a nail salon, but (laughs) it's too funny because I'm literally sitting here looking at my toes and I'm like, that is so funny. And tonight I've just been going over my comedy script. For those of you who don't know, I created a comedy skit. It's actually called Holy and Hilarious. It was an idea the Lord has been stirring in my heart for a few years. And it was something I had tucked away and not shared with anyone. And then people started calling it out. And they were like, when are you going to start doing comedy? You need to be doing comedy. This is part of your ministry. And I was like, okay. So I stepped out in February, did my first few shows and just came alive. And I think that that is what happens when you are in the anointing and the purpose that God has created you with. Like, you just come alive in that. And so I'm excited to be able to do my next show next weekend down in Indiana. So I've been rehearsing for that, just kind of going through the script and um, I don't know, just just getting really excited for what God is going to do through that. And I just love any chance I get to be able to pour into people, to share the gospel, to talk about the truth of who God is. And and I'm just so thankful. And we know, like, God has a sense of humor. People that are like, what? Like, the Bible actually says that God laughs. If you didn't know that, like, the Bible says that he laughs. And so I love that the Bible also says that we are created in his likeness. And so if we have personalities that are funny, like, that just shows us that that's part of who God is. Because part of 
His character has been embedded in us when he created us in the womb of our mother. And it also shows us how multifaceted God is because of how different we are as people. And it's just a beautiful thing because God is so, like, we cannot comprehend him. We can't. He's just amazing. And I just love him. I love his word. I love his presence. I'm excited tomorrow night. I'm heading out with my friends to a worship night at my friend Dawn's house. I'm looking forward to that and just believing that God is going to move mightily. And we've already been declaring and prophesying that people are going to get healed and mentally, physically, emotionally, whatever they have need of. And I'm just excited to see the ways that God moves. And I love stepping into situations and events or whatever it is, wherever God's called me to, with the spirit of expectation. And I remember the Lord really challenging my heart a few years ago and saying, if I were to move according to your expectations of me, would I have to do much? And it's like, do we actually expect that God is going to move? Do we actually expect that he is who he says he is according to his word, that he is a healer, that he redeems, that he restores, that he sets people free? And I love Isaiah 61 that says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to bring the good news, to set the captives free, to release people from prison. Like that was a prophecy, a prophetic word about Jesus and the reason he came. And we know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he did it, then he's doing it now. And so I just, I'm just, um, I don't know. I feel like I've said it a hundred times, but I'll say it again. I'm just excited for the hand of God and what he is doing in the earth. And even today, as I was running up to the post office to mail out some books, the Lord was speaking to my heart as I was driving up there and he was sharing with me this word and and I had released a TikTok on it too, but it was, um, if it's in my word, you do not have to wonder if it's my will. I'm going to say that again. If it's in my word, you do not have to wonder if it's my will. And there's so many things in his word. We know that all of his promises are yes and amen. The word of God is full of God's promises, of his truth. We know that it's living, it's active, it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It is Holy Spirit breathed, God inspired. It's his infallible, incorruptible word. And so I, I just, I love, the, I love the Bible. I love the word of God. And I love that if it's written, we can stand on it. Like that is the firm foundation that we build our lives on. It's the word of God. And so so many times we ask God for things or we wonder like, okay, I'm praying this, but God, you know, just let your will be done. But it's like, we don't have to pray that way. We can pray with a boldness and an authority if it's his word and declare it over our lives and say it is so, amen, so be it, if it's in his word. It's his promise to us. And so his word does not return void. And so many times I feel like when we pray, we're almost like begging God for things that are scriptural. Like we don't have to do that. We can just declare it, say it is so, and then live in the expectation. Because when we kind of backpedal in our prayers, really we're sowing doubt. And the Bible says that if we have doubt, that we should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. That's in James. It talks about being double-minded. And so when you pray, and I'm speaking this over myself too, when I pray, are we praying with a boldness and an authority that the word of God gives us permission to have that fervent, effectual prayer, are we praying that way or are we praying sheepishly? Because the Bible says that we can come boldly before the throne room. We don't walk in with our head down. We walk boldly and we walk into the battlefield because 
if you didn't know, we are in a very real, real spiritual battle. We walk out on the battlefield with a confidence. We are fully armored with God's armor. He perfectly fits it to us. And I love that we have our feet dressed with the readiness of the gospel of peace. We have our waist girded with the truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, the helmet of salvation. And the Bible even says after that, to pray in the spirit on all occasions, like prayer is a huge part of our, of our armor. And so we have that when we go out on the battlefield and we engage in the very real war that's happening, whether that's in your family, your community, your church, we have everything we need to win the battle. And we know the battle belongs to the Lord. And the Bible says, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph or victory. He always leads us in victory. But we have to engage. We cannot just sit on the sidelines with this mindset that like whatever happens, happens. We just kind of like assume that whatever happens is God's will. Like there are things that would be thwarted in the spirit realm and things that would not be happening in the earth where the enemy is just running rampant if God's people would actually pray. If we would actually stand up and use our spiritual warfare weapons. We know the Bible says, I believe it's 2 Corinthians 5, it says, or 10.5 maybe, you have to Google it because I don't I don't have it right in front of me, but it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And that right there tells us that there is a war going on and we need to engage in it. And I don't want to be a passive Christian. I don't want to be someone who, like I said, just sits on the sideline and just kind of like, well, whatever happens, happens. No, not on my watch. Like I believe with all of my heart that God has called me and all of us, who are willing to say yes to it, to be a watchman on the wall, that I'm not just going to allow the enemy to do what he does and then clean up his mess. I say that with quotations, like clean up his mess. Like he comes in, he does things. Then we pray for healing. Then we pray for this. Then we do that. Like I want to be on the offensive with him, not just on the defensive. And so I want to be that watchman on the wall that sees the plans of the enemy because I have a spiritual perception and discernment. And I'm canceling those weapons before they even form because we know that the Bible says no weapon formed against us will prosper. Okay, so I have learned in on the offensive side of prayer to start praying that those warfare weapons that he is trying to form against me, against my family, against my church, against my community, whatever that is, my ministry, I'm canceling that now in the name of Jesus, even starting with a, a new ministry. Some of you may know about it. Firefall Ministries absolutely love what God is doing. 1000% not planned, like not planned at all. Just really started in my living room with four of my best friends just worshiping. And it just has turned into this amazing thing. And God has is op- has been and is opening all these doors for us to be able to go out and minister together. But I know that it's going to tick the devil off. Like he's already raising ruckus about it. And so I've just been covering our team in prayer and praying for a spirit of unity coming against division before there's even any division and just praying on the offensive and covering us and pleading the blood of Jesus over us and just declaring God's goodness and his faithfulness and praying individually over all of us just that God's hand is on us and that his spirit surrounds us and that that wall of fire is surrounding this ministry and what we're doing and that the anointing is on it. Because listen, if God's anointing is not on something, I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to be a part of it. We know that the Bible says that the anointing is what destroys yokes of bondage. I don't want to go out because most of you know, if you're new to tuning in and maybe you don't know me that well, like God has called me, given me a ministry and a platform to speak specifically to women. That's like my 
niche, I guess, if you want to say that. Like, that's just who God has called me to speak to. And God has put so much inside of me to release over women, especially in the body of Christ. But if there is no anointing on what I'm doing, I'm telling you right now, I would rather just stay home. I would rather stay home with him in the secret place. And honestly, I bucked the call of God on my life for a while because I just didn't, I just didn't want to just leave that place of just being held captive by him. And I'm still in that place. And he's shown me how to steward both being in the public eye, but also like giving me a firm warning, don't abandon the secret place and how important that is if you are in public ministry, that everything you do is from an overflow of intimacy with him. That is so important. And I've said like, God, if I ever get to a place where it's all about ministry and I am not in that place with you where I am tucked away with you and I'm hearing from you and I'm doing everything according to what you're speaking to me to do and I'm just doing it my own strength, forget it. Like, no, thank you. Because I know that I'm held accountable for everything that I release, every word that I speak, whether that's written or verbal. And some of y'all need to hear that because that includes your social media. The Bible says that we will give an account for every idle word that we speak. And that is like a sobering reality that we are held accountable to God for what we speak, for the things we say. And so I want my speech, like the Bible says, to be full of grace, seasoned with salt, to speak life and blessings, not death and curses. Like I want to be a woman who walks in the wisdom of God. And I pray that over myself. These are some more things that I just like pray over myself. I have declarations for myself, for my ministry, for my future ministry with my husband, for a lot of things. And it's it's literally, they're just declarations laced with the word of God, weaved with the word of God, scripture, scripture. And so one thing that I pray over myself a lot is that I have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Because I want to be someone who rightly divides the word of truth. Because when I go out and speak, and now I've done so many so many events through Stirred Up and now with my own ministry and just different things. I've done a lot of events and it would be very easy to take like maybe a message. And I'm not saying that this is wrong if that's what God tells you to do, but it's a good message. Just preach it everywhere you go because you got a new audience in front of you. But the reality is that God knows intimately who is going to be in every audience that I speak to. And so I want to seek him every time, not just be like, okay, well, this message was great for the women over here, so I'm just going to run with this. If God tells me, preach that same message, I'm going to do it. And I have done that even recently, something I'd never done before. Uh, as many events as I've done, like literally, I feel like God just always gives me a new word um, to share. Maybe something, some of the things are similar, but like recently he's been like, mm, I want you to preach that message to these women over here too, because it's an on-time word for the body of Christ. And so all in all of that to say, like, I want to hear from heaven though. I want to hear from God so that I'm doing what he's asking me to, not what people expect me to do, not what is easy. Because listen, the Bible says to count the cost in following him, to pick up our cross daily. Picking up your cross daily is self sacrifice. It's denial of yourself saying yes to God, even when it's inconvenient, especially when it's inconvenient because serving God and living for God, it's not all rainbows and butterflies and gumdrops and, and whatnot. Like there is such a richness to serving God. There's such a joy and a fulfillment. It's the narrow path that leads to life. And there's such joy in that, but it is not the easy path. The easy path is the broad gate that leads to destruction, the one that the world is on that just kind of like anything goes, do what you want, whatever works for you, 
truth is relevant, that kind of thing. But I don't believe the truth is relevant. I believe that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. I believe there is one way to heaven, and it's through Jesus Christ. That is not a popular message, even in the church, even in the church. And at the conference that I was speaking at a few weeks ago, the Tell Women's Conference, I really encourage the women because we sang a song. It's a new song out. It's called uh, Plead the Blood. And it's all about pleading the blood of Jesus over your mind and your heart and your family and your community, all these things. It's a powerful song. And I got up and shared with the ladies something that one of my mentors, Priscilla, had shared with me a few years ago. And she said, Janice, make much of the blood make much of the blood. And so much of Christian culture doesn't want to talk about the blood anymore. We want to, and it's happening. Like we don't sing songs if it talks about the blood, because you know, that could be offensive to people. Well, guess what? The cross is offensive. We don't want to name the name of Jesus so often. We just want to say God, because the name of Jesus can be offensive to people. It maybe isn't palatable, but if we just say God, that you know may include people who don't necessarily believe in the Christian God. But the reality is There is one true God, one true God, the living God in Jesus is the only way for salvation. And so either we believe what the word of God says, or we don't, it's a choice. We have free will. God is never going to force us into relationship with him, but I cannot call myself a Christian and say that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, but then embrace a theology that teaches multiple ways to heaven because that is anti-biblical. That is directly against the word of God. And so I had just shared that too, like name the name of Jesus in a culture that wants to do away with the name of Jesus, declare the name of Jesus, sing the name of Jesus, speak the name of Jesus, because there's not a demon in hell that doesn't flee at the name of Jesus. And I've, I've had battles my whole life until I got set free and born again when I was 17, but really battled with fear and anxiety, especially in the night, like so attacked in the night. And for those listening who are like, oh my gosh, I've had those same struggles. I learned after I became a believer that a lot of times when you are attacked so much in the night with nightmares and seeing even demonic things and hearing things and just stuff that happens in the night, demonic attacks, that it's usually because you have a prophetic seer anointing and the enemy is trying to make you scared of dreams and things so that it would hinder you from being open to receiving from the Lord in your sleep and things. And so just throwing that out there in case anybody maybe has struggled with that in the past and didn't know that. So that is an area that God has anointed me in and that I do function in is is with visions and prophecy and dreams and things. And so as a as a kid, though, I struggled with those things. But as an adult, like God just really set me free from that. And I learned my authority in Christ. But I do remember one time more recently in the last handful of years, I woke up in the night with a just heavy spirit of fear in the room. And I don't know if y'all have ever experienced that, but it's tangible. Spirit of fear is so tangible. And I woke up to it and I, I discerned it right away. And I didn't have time to think about anything else. What came up and out of my spirit, man, was Jesus. I just screamed out his name. I just yelled out his name. And I'm telling you, even the mention of his name makes demons tremble. That spirit of fear left in a hot second. In a hot second. And the Bible says that like, oh, you believe in God. Okay, Even the demons believe and tremble. So it's not enough to just believe that God exists. We have to 
be born again. The Bible says, unless you are born again, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so if you're on here and you're like, I don't actually know if I know God, chances are you probably don't if you're even questioning that. I would encourage you to seek that out. And I am always here like I, I've i said this a million times and I'll keep saying it like I don't do podcasts because I love the sound of my voice. I don't do podcasts just because it's cool and trendy. Like I do this podcast to reach the hearts of people, to encourage your hearts and the Lord, to encourage you to seek him while he may be found, to know that there is a God in heaven who created you, who is intimately acquainted with all of your ways. He knows every thought you think before you even think it. He knows everything there is to know about you. The Bible says he knows a number of hairs on your head, that he calls you by name, that he calls you loved and chosen. And he desires a relationship with you. That is why Jesus came to the cross to restore what was stolen when sin entered the world. And so if you don't know him, I would love to talk to you about that, to mentor you and just seeking him because it is the best decision you can ever make to surrender your life to him. And I love the book of John in the New Testament. It's one of the gospel books. So the first four books in the New Testament are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they're all about the life of Jesus when he was on this earth. And so many times we're like, you know, what would Jesus do? Like WWJD, it became a really trendy thing, I think, in the 90s or whatever in Christian culture. And it's like, how about what did Jesus do instead of what would he do? Because that leaves it so open to interpretation. But it's like, what did Jesus do? Read about his life in the gospel books. Watch how he responded to situations and and things and then model your life after him. And so I love in the book of John, in the fourth chapter, it talks about the Samaritan woman. And how Jesus met with her. And there's so much I could teach on that. But what I really want to land the plane on in today is that he told her, because she was drawing water from a well, to quench her natural thirst. And he talked about how he is the living water that when you encounter him, when you receive him, that you will never thirst again. And that's reality because we are all on a search for truth, for meaning, for purpose in life. And the reality is when you encounter Jesus Christ and you know him as your Lord and Savior and you surrender to him, that search is over. It is over. My heart doesn't hunger anymore. It's satisfied in him. It's satisfied in him. My my life is so satisfied in him and knowing him and walking in relationship with him. And that is my heart's biggest desire for you listening on here is that you will know him intimately, that you would tuck away with him in the secret place that you would know what it means to be his child, to walk in relationship with him because God is not this distant God. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He speaks to his people. The Bible says, my sheep know my voice and a stranger's voice they won't follow another voice they will not follow. Like God desires intimacy with us and Knowing God is not reserved for your pastor or for someone in leadership or for someone who's maybe been a Christian for a long time. Like you can choose to know God in this moment and hear his voice and know him. And I encourage everybody to be rooted and grounded in the word of God and to know him intimately that way because nothing he ever speaks to you will contradict what's in his written word. So it's important that we know that. And so we have that as a filter. The, Ro- the Bible says in the book of Romans twelve two. 
It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so we're transformed in our mind through the word of God. And then after that, it says, then you will be able to test what is a good, pleasing and perfect will of God. And so many of us want to know what is God's will? Let God transform your mind, knowing him and making him known. That is our greatest call in this life. If you do nothing else, but you know him and you just serve him and you're obedient to whatever that looks like for your life, then you're going to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. The Bible talks about the parable of the talents. I'm going to end with this, but it talks about how he gave three different people in this, in this parable. The master gave three different servants talents. One, he gave five, two, and one. And it says that he gave each according to their ability. And so God is not giving us anything outside of our ability to do. Whatever he's called you for, purposed you for, gifted you for, anointed you for, he's He's given you everything you need to do what he's called you to do. And he's only asking you to do what he has equipped you to do. He's never going to ask you to do something that he doesn't equip you for. And I think so many times we're afraid of full surrender because we don't know what that'll look like. And it's like, oh my gosh, what if he asks me to do this or that? Like for me, when I knew God called me to start speaking, I was, honestly, I had a little bit of disbelief because I'm like, I don't like talking. Like I'm kind of, I like writing. Like it's not really my thing. But I never stepped out into speaking until it was time and I was ready. And I had what I needed what God had equipped me in that season to start stepping out. And so he's not asking us to do anything outside of his timing and outside of the anointing and the grace that he puts on our lives. But in that parable, they all gave an account. And the one with the five and the one with the two had doubled their talents. They had taken the resources that God had given them. They had done something with them and had something to show for it. That would be the JRV, Janice Regal version, like Cliff Notes version of that. They had something to show for what God had given them. And he said the same thing to both of them. Well done, my good and faithful servant. And that's what we all live to hear. Well done, my good and faithful servant. He wasn't saying the one that did more was better and got a greater, like, no, it's obedience. It's saying yes to God, whatever that looks like. But then you had the one that had one talent and they went and buried it out in the yard. And he said, he called them wicked and unprofitable. And he said, depart from me. And so that's a sobering reality that we all need to do what we're called to do. And we're not doing it out of fear of like, oh, I don't want to be punished. Like, I want to use everything God has created me with because I love him and he deserves everything, everything, whether that's him putting it on my heart. Hey, text this person and encourage them. Hey, call this person, give them this scripture, write this card, do this, do that, go over, pray with someone, like whatever that is, it's going to be different day in and day out. But that's the beautiful thing about walking in the spirit, walking in the spirit of God, because we can hear his voice. And then we get to experience the richness of obedience because there's something so beautiful when you step out into what God has called you to do, because we don't always get to see the, the, you know, reward of it in front of us, but like, it's an internal reward of knowing like, I am doing what God created me to do. And there's nothing else I want to do, but spend my life for the cause of Christ. And so I encourage you to do that. I'm going to go ahead and end this. And I just encourage you to reach out to me if you need prayer, if you want to talk, if you don't know him, I would love to talk to you. If you are a man, I, I actually don't mentor men, but I have 
an amazing group of men in my life that I could connect you with if you need a mentor. I am volunteering them now for for that because we all just have a heart to see people know and encounter the love of God. So I'm going to go ahead and pray over us. And again, feel free to reach out. My website's journeywithjanice.com. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at the Journey with Janice. Would love to connect with you. Father God, thank you so much for this podcast. God, I thank you that you know everything there is to know about me and every listener on here. God, I thank you that you love us with an everlasting love. I thank you, Jesus, that you demonstrated your love for us at the cross, God, that you didn't wait for us to get it all together to figure it out before you chose to lay your life down for us. And God, I pray over anyone on here who doesn't know you, that they will encounter your presence and your power today, God. I thank you that today is a day of salvation. I declare that there's no more waiting. There's no more waiting to decide to surrender. God, I pray that you would put that hunger and that thirst inside of them for your presence to know you, God. And I thank you that when we seek you, you promise to be found. And so, Father, I praise you and thank you for your goodness and faithfulness. In this podcast, I pray, God, that it would bear fruit in our lives, God, and that we would do everything that you have called and created us to do, everything you have purposed in our lives. God, we say it's all for you always, for your glory, God. Pray that you are magnified in everything that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. 